Hi, this is Dr. Steve Vargo, Optometric Practice Management Consultant with IDOC, and you're listening to the latest edition of the IDOC Focal Point Podcast. And today I have the pleasure of talking with IDOC CEO Dave Brown. And Dave and I have had a lot of conversations, obviously about IDOC, but uh, we've also talked about the industry as a whole at, at several times and how events in other areas of healthcare are applicable to the vision space. And on that note, Dave recently had an interesting conversation with his dentist, which is what prompted this podcast. And they talked about some changes taking place in the dental space with ramifications that could lead to patients bypassing the dentist for their care. And obviously, this is an area that concerns many ODs as well, as things like e-commerce and online vision tests have entered the market. Uh, potentially causing patients in need of vision care to bypass their optometrist. So, Dave, thank you for taking the time to to talk with us today. And and if you could give us a little bit more background on your conversation with your dentist and some thoughts you had about how this applies to the vision space. Great. Thanks, Steve. Great to be on the podcast with you and uh, really enjoy listening to all the work you've done on the podcast and um, excited to kind of share this story today. And get your insights as well. So, um, yeah, as you mentioned, uh, I've been going through the Invisalign process uh, with my local dentist. And for those of you who may not be fully aware of Invisalign, uh, basically it's uh, correcting teeth crowding that happens as we age. I had braces as a kid, but unfortunately some crowding occurred, and so I opted to uh, have the Invisalign. And recently I was in with my dentist, and I really – uh, immediately asked him some news that I had seen uh, happen, um, I guess, in the Wall Street Journal, and it was about CVS opening up over 1,000 Smile Direct outlets in their stores. So let me just give you a little bit more background, and then I'll um, let you know how he reacted to that, because, again, as you noted, Steve, I think it's relevant to, um, to our space as well. So just a little bit of background about Smile Direct and Invisalign. They actually are both being offered by the same company called Align Technology. And if you hadn't seen the news, CVS and Aetna unveiled new strategies about bringing more healthcare into their stores. And it appears one of the first places they're going to prioritize is the dental space. And the company behind Invisalign, Align Technology, they've experienced really massive growth. Um, You know, they've tapped into uh, really what happened to me, which was teeth crowding and, you know, a desire to get the teeth straight again. And, um, you know, it really has been um, very successful for them. The penetration rates are still very, very low. And, and really, their, their company has done extremely well, expanded rapidly here and across the globe. And, you know, they could have rested on their laurels, but they decided to open up Smile Direct Club and go direct to the consumer. Prior to that, all of their offerings had been through the dentist, and now they are going to uh, offer Smile Direct Club, which has been online, or excuse me, on TV and online, but now will be offered in CVS. So as you can imagine, I was really interested in hearing what my dentist had to say because he's done quite well with Invisalign. Um, I've talked to him a little bit about it before. And so I sat down and I said, so what do you think about the news of CVS opening over 1,000 Smile Direct outlets in their store? And I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but this was essentially his uh, reaction to it all. And he said, first and foremost, I'm not worried at all. 
first, someone who's looking at that price point was never going to come to me. So just a quick sidebar, Smile Direct is a, is a much less uh, costly, if you will, uh, price point than Invisalign, which makes sense. Uh, there's not a dentist involved. You can get it online or through TV, so it would be uh, less expensive. But again, the doctor dentist said, first, someone who's looking at that price point was never going to come to me. However, I can virtually guarantee some of those who start on the Smile Direct journey will end up in a dentist's office. There are procedural elements that I need to do as a dentist, and you know they're needed beyond simply supplying aligning the trays. Of course, easy cases will find satisfaction, but and this is an important point he made, but the easy cases were not going to come to me in the first place and pay the amount for simpler cases. And then a few other points he made, he said that Invisalign and I stand behind the results for over five years. There's no extra charges if you need adjustments. And then he ended by saying, but I'll tell you this, once the CVS goes in around me, or if I'm traveling near one, I'll stop in to learn more about their methods. So we chatted a little bit more about it, and then he got on to sort of fixing my uh, trays, et cetera. And then um, as I kind of traveled into work that day, I, I thought, and I'm going to talk to Steve about this because I find it really interesting. Again, a lot of parallels to our space, and um, I thought his reaction was really interesting. And maybe, Steve, that's a good place to pitch it back to you and talk a little bit. I know you're very passionate about about service and the experience and how that's so critical for uh, you know independent optometrists. So, what are your thoughts as you listen to uh, my dentist's reaction to um, you know what was really a, a strong competitive move, and yet he felt very uh, uh, positive that his business was not going to be impacted, and he actually felt maybe I'll see some more patients because they'll go to Smile Direct, not be happy, and they'll end up in his chair as well. Yeah, well, there, it, there's certainly a lot of similarities in terms of the what's going on in dentistry and, and the situation that you're describing. And one thing I think that dentist seems to get is the value of service. And, you know, there's a lot of watch and see on these things. And it's going to continue to evolve, uh, you know, what you're describing in the dental industry and, and what's going on in vision care. But I wonder sometimes when you look at certain products, products that are more easily commoditized and, and whether that's a true commodity or people just perceive it as a commodity. I don't think we've ever been at a time where the service we provide and the relationships that we have with patients has been more important because again, real or perceived, there is this um, commodity, uh, things are being commoditized within our industry. I wonder sometimes how far the pendulum can swing before it starts to swing back in terms of bypassing service. A lot of these things, the things you're talking about with Smile Direct, things like online vision tests, are designed in in many ways to bypass the service that can be provided. Yet there's so many elements of that professional service that can't be replicated or substituted online. So I do think there's going to be areas where we do start to see that pendulum swing backwards as people start to realize what they're giving up by not investing fully into their care. Um, but also being realistic to these things as well, because we have to, you know, a couple other things that jumped out at me was uh, one to know your market. And, and he had enough self-awareness, your dentist, to, I, I think you said he mentioned that he would look at the um, uh, people looking at that price point were not going to come to me anyway. So I think, think some of these changes in the marketplace force us to redefine our target market. Um, and also, 
to learn from the model of what's working in some of these other areas, whether it be Smile Direct, online vision tests. I, I don't think we could ignore the convenience aspect of that. It, it's a huge um, part of that. And I, I recently had a conversation that was quite interesting. It was a father-son co-owned practice. And the father, obviously the more senior doctor, um, when he was talking about what made his practice successful, he was very much focused on the thoroughness of the exams that they did. And which the son, when he jumped in, said, my generation cares more about convenience and getting things quicker and faster. And they're both right. And so there's, to some degree, we've got to find that balance between providing great service, but also not ignoring other elements that are attractive to the, to the modern consumer. And I think we have to be aware of changing demographics as well. I, I tell people, I've got a 12-year-old and a 10-year-old. Neither of them know a world where you can't get anything you want right now at the touch of a button. Well, meet your next generation of consumer. And so we just can't ignore that. So there is that balance between where do we define this, this great service, but also be, uh, provide something that's convenient and aligned with what the consumer is, is wanting. And there's a reason some of these models are successful because it is aligned with convenience and some things that the consumer wants. But I, I think it's a process of picking that apart and finding out what the people lose in that model as well and making sure that we're delivering on that. Yeah, I like that, Steve. You know, I think a couple of things bounced out, popped up for me from your uh, observations there. And I, and I think I think um, convenience is, is is really important. And but consumers need to understand convenience is um, easier when the cases are easier, particularly in the healthcare field. So I, I think it's a combination of understanding as an OD that there's going to be some single vision easy cases, and then there's going to be some the progressive who's interested in multifocal contact lenses and spends more time in the chair, I think the common denominator in both of those things is, is the service and the experience and doing it efficiently and providing, uh, you know, tremendous sort of one-on-one -on -one care. I think that is the place that, um, as, as my dentist noted, you may, you may not feel that um, experience from, from smile direct at a CVS than you would going to a to a, you know, to a dentist's office. So I think that that balance between the easy versus the hard cases, the convenience versus, um, you know, obviously having to spend time with the patient and, and to some degree understanding, as you said, who is the target that you're interacting with and where are their, um, you know, their pain points, what are the areas that they want you to focus on um, but I, you know, I, I feel like in this instance here, as you said, there there are many parallels with the um, with the optometric space. Um, you know, another thing we had talked about was how do you educate your the patient on the value provided, right? So, you know, before I chose Invisalign, you know, basically the dentist was a place I went. And I got my teeth uh, cleaned and uh, every six months. But uh, I, I would say that uh, his uh, standing, if you will, in my eyes has risen given the great job he did with my teeth. But, you know, also I'm, I'm more prone to recommend him uh, for what I would say the basic services because of what he brought to bear on a more sort of complicated service. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, well, the education part is, is extremely important. Um, you know, I, 
to pick up where I, something I mentioned before about my kids not knowing a world where they can't get anything they want right now, and perhaps them entering the um, marketplace and being eyewear consumers, you know, I look at some practices that are booked out for, for weeks, and I think that's a great problem to have. I always credit the office and tell them you must have done a lot of things right to get to that point, but at the same time, convenience being a factor, maybe for the younger de- generation, a little bit more so. Um, but there's an education component. Why would somebody wait that long? They have to also understand the value in, in what they're getting from the service component of what a an eye care provider can deliver on. When I say my kids you know, expect everything right now, it's because if they're not educated on what kind of value can be provided, then they don't know any different. And, and what I see right now, to be, to be blunt, is a lot of ignorance in the marketplace around what eye care providers can provide. Um, people think, uh, a lot of people think that all an optometrist does is provide a, a refraction. And if that's your uh, perception of what op- optometry can deliver on, then it becomes much easier and, and less risky for you to consider doing an online refraction as a substitute to see your eye care provider. I think it's in, in, in becoming increasingly important that eye care providers are more diligent with educating their consumers. And, and sometimes we look to other entities to do that. The, the AOA seems to take a uh, a lot of that on, on their shoulder and why, why aren't they or why isn't some other group doing more to educate people on what we provide and educate people on the dangers of, of bypassing our services. But we need to look in the mirror as well and make sure that we're educating our consumers, that we're building this into our internal marketing, our external marketing. We're getting involved in the community and getting the word out there. So we share some responsibility with that as well. And I think once we do that, then people do start to see and better understand uh, what it is we have to offer and why it's worth paying for, why it's worth waiting for, and why it's worth recommending to others. Yeah, I think that's right, Steve. And and one of the things that that we talked a lot about at IDOC meetings and with our members, and a lot of our members, thankfully, do this very well today, is they have added specialties to their practice. So I agree with you. It's certainly... The profession explaining all the great things that we can do, that ODs can do beyond um, refraction, but the best way to do that is to actually do it. And so many doctors have become uh, or are looking to become experts in dry eye. They're looking to, uh, you know, in the burgeoning area of myopia control, which has always been there, but now appears to be getting, uh, you know, more. Uh, wind under the sails in terms of the larger issues and awareness of it. Uh, you know, IDOC has recently partnered with a company called NeuroLens, which uh, brings to bear uh, an interesting uh, approach for um, patients who maybe are experiencing neck pain or shoulder pain or headaches or, or things like that. A, a really interesting test and a really interesting solution. Uh, through a pair of glasses. So those are just a couple examples, and there are many, many more vision therapy, sports vision, where the independent OD can do much like my dentist did and and become an expert in another area and while also continuing to focus on great customer experience and service related to refraction and contact lenses and sunglasses and uh, certainly frame selection and things like that. But uh, I, I think that's the other example that I always like to talk about as disruption continues to come, not just to uh, the eye care space, but to any healthcare space, 
you know, becoming an expert in your area. Uh, and, and by the way, these are wide open fields, if you will. And I also believe strongly that these areas of expertise are perfect for the independent optometrist. Uh, a lot of the, the retail folks out there tend not to want to go into this area, these areas because they're a little bit more complicated, if you will, or, or the efficiencies aren't as easy to take them across their various locations. So, you know, that's why we at IDOC, uh, you know, speak to these things and you'll be hearing a lot more about this in the future as we continue to help our independent optometrists live the practice of their dreams. Yeah, absolutely. And, and this has definitely been an area where I think we've uh, put more focus on and ramped up our efforts. One thing I'd like to do is look at the uh, trends in eye care and something that we work with our members on is not just trying to uh, thrive and, and be profitable and create a, a, the practice of your dreams um, in, in today's market, but also look at what do things look like three years out, five years out, 10 years out. And at, at IDOC, certainly we have uh, put more of a concerted effort on working with offices to deliver on things that are not as substitutable online. Again, I, I don't think we can ignore some realities that there are uh, Disrupt, there is dis disruptive technology out there that is aimed at obviously disrupting the model. So looking at other avenues of building in specialties like dry eye, uh, getting more involved with the medical model, vision therapy, sports vision, Neurolens is a great example. I, I had an opportunity to visit their headquarters, as you know, um, gosh, that was what, three, four months ago, and see how their business operates and the um, uh, give more insight into the practices that are that are using their system as well. So, I th there are a lot of I mean IDOC members that are actually don't have a specialty right now and are doing very very well. So it's not that that model is broken today, but you can't ignore the writing on the wall with some things coming um, into the industry that. Um, probably will disrupt things at a certain level. So I do think bringing these specialties in uh, as at least a component of your practice can certainly help uh, insulate from some of the uh, from some of the threats that are uh, many independent practices are facing currently. Yeah, for sure. And you know, I, I think that um, you know, as we come sort of to the end of our podcast here, the, the piece that I want to sort of reiterate and, and reemphasize was the reaction of, uh, you know, my dentist to, um, to Smile Direct. Because, of course, it, it could have been a number of different reactions. But, but at the end, uh, you know, I think he looked at it very, uh, very on balance and said, you know, look, there are some people who perhaps would have come to see me, but they're now going to go for the lower costs, maybe more convenient option. Uh, but he also said on balance, there are going to be some people who go to Smile Direct and, get interested in the space, but are either not satisfied or potentially are not even candidates, but now they've raised their hand signaling interest. So I want to make sure I'm uh, in the awareness circle for those folks as well so that they come to me. And I think that's really a, a balanced place to be. And I think your, um, you know, your, your, your commentary around three, five, 10 years out, you know, is spot on. I, I look forward to coming back later this year and Really talking about um, the disruption that's happening in the vision and the vision care space, but similarly, the way you know I look at it, I know you and I have had these conversations, is that in some ways 
these additional convenient um, ways that a person might quickly check their vision or you know get glasses or whatever it might be um, you know are ways that that perhaps are bringing people into the category sooner than they otherwise might have been instead of waiting two three years or doing a little bit sooner and we know that not everybody's going to be satisfied uh, unlike most uh, if not all folks who leave after your expert refraction and your staff helping them uh, with the products, we know the satisfaction rates are really, really high. So much like, uh, as my dentist noted, it's possible that, that this is going to bring more people into the space, it's going to bring people sooner into the space, and it's going to perhaps help people even see the quality that you bring to bear versus some of the other options that are out there. So that is something that you know we'll, we'll talk about later in the year as IDOC sort of looks at this space and, and like you tries to figure out where this is all going to going to end up but you know I, I I agree Steve kind of where we started this conversation that you know you bring it back to service you bring it back to when that person walks in the door all the way through the process to when they leave when the staff and, and you and everybody treats that person um, the way we would all want to be treated and and when the products and services leave with that person you know, making sure that they've had a tremendous experience, that they can go online someplace and say how great their experience was. You know, I feel very positive about the future of independent optometry. And again, I was heartened by, uh, you know, my dentist's response. And, and I think that um, on balance, it was a, a very wise way to look at it. Uh, pay attention, you know, don't be, uh, you know, don't, don't be Sort of um, head in the sand, but also you know understand that on balance it, it might be as good as bad uh, in the long run. So, um, any last thoughts on that, Steve? Yeah, no, that's in line with. I'm, I'm just jotting some things down as you're talking, and you're almost uh, vocalizing what I'm, <laughs> I'm writing. So, you know, as we talk about ways to create competitive edges, um, it's it's helpful, and we work with practices on this to obviously look at the competition. What are they doing? You have to understand that if you're going to create a competitive edge, in some cases that involves involves borrowing things that other people are doing right and keeping an eye on that. And there's certainly things that you could extract from other businesses um, and implement into your own model. But also, it's a good way to create a competitive advantage is to really understand what other industries or I, I, even what other companies within our industry, I should say don't do well. And I, I continue to look at some of these disruptors that have um, a lot of ODs concerned and and look at the service component that's lacking there. So I think once we start to see these things rolled out in a um, maybe on a larger scale, really having an ear to what pay people are saying. What are the consumers saying? What are your patients saying? And inevitably, I suspect that there's going to be things that are missing in this experience, probably around service. So understanding that, knowing what that is, really gives you a uh, really gives you a uh, something to grab onto and add to your model. And I really like that the dentist didn't dismiss this. He didn't condemn it. For the most part, he said he was willing to learn from it. And I think that's a real key in being able to adapt and evolve to all these changes that are taking place within eye care. So with that, Dave, I think it's a good place to wrap it up. Uh, I think, I suspect, we'll probably have another podcast later this year on e-commerce because it's a fairly popular topic. So stay tuned for that. And, and I just thank you, Dave, for taking a few minutes and, and sharing your story. And I, I think we got some uh, interesting insight and takeaways from from this. 
Yeah, Steve, thank you so much. I may just do one last little plug here for, for IDOC and for all of our members. Uh, you know, I really appreciate you uh, asking me to join you today in the podcast, but we're here to help folks. We're here. We've got wonderful consultants like Steve and others who have some really, really helpful thoughts and, and uh, lots of experience. Uh, you know, we also, we didn't really talk about this, Steve, but we metrics and insights are so critical, understanding trends seeing and staying on top of things. And IDOC has some new programs uh, to help with that. We call it IDOC Insider. And then of course we have dedicated practice development managers to help you as well. So you're not alone. We're here to help you through um, these times and the times to come, but uh, really enjoyed chatting with you a little bit today, Steve, on, on this. And, and um, you know, I, I love your insights as always. And I look forward to coming together later this year and, and we'll have another one of these. And, We'll talk about some of those disruptors and and uh, and you know maybe I'll check in with my dentist before I do that as well. But uh, thank you for having me on the uh, podcast today. Great, thank you, Dave, and thanks to everyone who listened to the latest edition of the IDOC Focal Point Podcast. Have a great day. Thank you.